episode of Dear Hollow Heroes. We finally got to see the first full week of football with all the crazy drama that unfolded there alongside with an eventful UFC 293 and another mind-blowing slate of college football. And finally, the MLB postseason picture getting its final coat. I'm here with Meek Man Liam Meekum. What's going on, guys? And Rose Pierre Rob Kelly. Hi, how are we doing? Let's get right into the first story. Week one of the NFL season is in the books, and there were some crazy games. Starting off, the Lions upsetting the defending champion Chiefs 21-20 in Arrowhead Stadium. Then followed up by Baker Mayfield defeating the Minnesota Vikings 20-17. Jalen Hurts and Mac Jones, former teammates, faced off to a 25-20 victory for the Eagles. And the back-and-forth battle between the Chargers and Dolphins ending with a Miami victory 36-34. Then ending with the Jets' walk-off punt return victory versus the Bills at a score of 22-16. to Guys, what was the biggest takeaway from Week 1? My biggest takeaway is that you wrote Patriots in the victory over the Eagles. I think you pre-wrote this because there's no way. You were just crying yourself to sleep one night and just wrote this up? I was... Dreaming. He, he, he okay. just he just played a game of Madden and he wrote what the final score of the Madden game Madden Revenge yeah. game was. Yep. We all play those. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That score was ninety nine to two. That's all right. I needed a worse Madden Revenge game, so mine was like Madden Revenge season. Why? What happened with the Giants game? Was it anything what, big? It, anything important? Happened? It went really well for the first portion of the first drive. We didn't throw a pass, which was great. We should never pass the ball. And we should also never kick the ball, and we probably shouldn't snap the ball. But aside from that, Saquon looked pretty good. I'm pretty sure someone called it Saquon Barkley and a bag of chips. Hey, da- hey, Darren Waller looked like he was worth on the a third field? round pick, almost. <laughs> it's week one. It's week one. It's week one. It's week one. It's fine. Um, somebody else talk about their games because I'm getting sad again. I will say. As much as I was felt really bad for you with that Giants Thanks. Sunday night Thanks. football destruction, um, I will say I feel like you know for the Patriots because I'm a Patriots fan. I felt like as much as it stinks to lose, I felt like if there was a game you could lose and not be mad, I felt like it was this Week One game facing the number one team in football potentially. Potentially, it's not guaranteed yet because the season's just started. But if anyone was putting money on, I think most people would pick the Eagles right now. So it felt good that we had so many opportunities to win. And, of course, we didn't get it done. But I felt it felt really good that if that's where we're at now and if we get better, I feel like we could be a really good team. At, probably not make playoffs, but be a really fun team to watch. Be honest. Did you think it was over when they went up 16? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you had to over, right? That, I looked at that, and I just went, you know when you're having a moment where you're like, yeah, new season, let's go, I'm depressed, <laughs> instantly, and then I gotta say though, what was super funny is I looked into it, because I was curious, because I said during the during the Cowboys and Giants game, I was like, yeah man, I mean, it's similar to how it started for us, trying to give you hope that you could get the comeback attempt too, and, but it actually, what's funny is it was 16 nothing, the exact same score, score I believe, yeah. or 17, 17 and nothing. There was an extra point after it became 17. Yeah, the, the I think the Eagles missed the extra point, but the 16 nothing, and then for you guys, 17 nothing. it was almost the exact same thing. Pick six, the dr- first drive was phenomenal. But it turned out to be a touchdown the other way on your first really good drive. Then it turned into uh, a field goal drive, but it was out of order. This was out of order, though. A field goal drive by the other team. And then just your running back, who you paid a lot of money to in the offseason, decided to just fumble. And I, I don't know. I felt like it was a very similar thing, but we had different second halves. So this, the scary thing for me was the Patriots looked like a well-coached team. They came out. They got blown out. And then came back. They clawed their way back into it. They ended up losing the game, but the, it was a respectable loss to a good team. The Giants looked like they, I mean, the Coach of the Year award shouldn't have even been on the table. That award should be burned and buried somewhere, and it should never be talked about again after that game. Because they came out so flat, it was so disheartening. And then I was like, nah, you know what? We got a great coaching staff. We'll turn it around. And we didn't even come close. What I what I saw in that game, what I saw in that game was a lot of the 
The Cowboys really came out and played okay, but I just feel like you guys gave them, you guys just didn't, you guys made it worse for yourselves. Something that I saw during the Giants game was that um, it seemed as much as Daniel Jones was scared of Micah Parsons, so was the O-line. No one wanted to touch him. They were scared of every single player out there. It was, it was, I mean, I've never seen a team get beat so quickly in every asset of the game. Immediately had a kick blocked, and then from there, did they score on defense? They scored defense right after that. Yes, they did. Okay, and then, I mean, obviously we couldn't put up a point. Like, not a single point. Um, Missed another field goal. That was where I called it. I I called it. I couldn't do it. Um, And our, our defense didn't look like anything. I mean, I really, I believe in Wink Martindale, or at least I, I did. Um, but screw it, you know what? Let's let's overreact. Let's season's over. Season's over. <laughs> season's over. Well, Rob, I have a question for you. Yes. The Ravens, albeit, did have a sloppy victory in my opinion, but they did pull out the victory against the Houston Texans. They did have to face a rookie quarterback, so you never know what you're going to get. You never know. So I feel like you guys did pull out a win. But how do you feel about the Ravens? Another start to a season with another stockpile of injuries. But how do you feel about it now? Like you said, they kind of look sloppy. But it it was the kind of sloppy that was week one sloppy where, sure, we've been playing scrimmages and we had preseason games. But that was shifting, figuring out who was the proper team. And it looked like a team that was put together and they were just trying to figure out what's going to mesh just right. Though the big injury with uh, J.K. Dobbins did not help. It's just the Ravens can't stay healthy. I don't know what it is. They just don't want to stay on the field. They it's, It happens every year. It's a different player. It's the same players. We try to sign players who are known for being healthy, but as soon as they put on some purple, they are gone for the rest of the year. Yeah, I remember you saying, it might have been right after the game, that like J.K. Dobbins was never hurt in college. Oh, yeah, no, he played every single game when he played for Ohio State, but as soon as he became a Baltimore Raven, he couldn't stay on the field for a single season. I haven't seen him more than like two games in a row, I feel like. Yeah, it's it's been a rough stretch. Yeah. And it stinks because when he's on the field, he looks good. He scored the first touchdown for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. And he looked phenomenal. I'm not going to lie. He looked like a really good running back. But also, you have to think, didn't Justice Hill score two right after that? He did. No. So, I mean, how good is Justice Hill? Justice I, Hill's pretty good. But I can't imagine he's a starting caliber running back on many rosters. you got to give credit to the, either that system or that offensive line. I think it's a system because every single year we go through running backs like they're bags of chips. Yeah. And I think whoever the running back coach is, I probably should know. I don't most people don't know who the running back coach is, but they always know the game plan. They know how to run, and they know how to run against those particular defenses. I think it's the game planning that really helps these running backs. Like they know what the plan is, and they follow it to a T. Yeah, with especially with Lamar at quarterback, it's almost college esque sometimes with that read option. Although they did want to go away from it this year. Yes, they, they want to. Uh, they want to air the ball out a little bit more. We have more. Uh, a better receiving core than we have had in the past. We think. Even even on paper going into the season, this is the best one we've had in years. Odell Beckham, you're now number one receiver. He played, well, probably, but the Odell had his first half, he had two PI calls for him, and then I think he caught like three passes, two passes. That's why I just gave you a look when you, uh, you said number one receiver there. Yeah, no, I don't know. Zay Flowers look good, man. Zay Flowers look good, and going into the game, I had Rashad Bateman as our number one. Yeah, I agree. Just because he's been on the team like for he's, longer, he's and he's been more consistent. Raven, yeah. yeah, he's 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 our number one right now. I put Odell at number two just because he has the experience over Zay, but Zay Flowers did look very good. He looked I'm like very, the best receiver on the team. He did, and I'm so excited to see him play. That's exactly what Lamar really needs right now, especially with his new contract. He's going to need that. He's going to need that longevity with the yeah. the target. So, I got to say that I'm going to go back to Liam here because it's going to be a Liam centric question to start, but it's going to open the floor to everyone else. But New York sports, and I got to say, New York sports has had a rough year on every facet. Every single team in this market has just been so hyped up. 
and have led their fans let their fans down. Let's start with basketball, the Brooklyn Nets and New York Knicks playing very mediocre. And then you go to the Rangers getting taken out of the first round, heart-wrenching to Jersey, which is all the worst. And then you have the Yankees and Mets being touted as top three teams in baseball, now being the top three most disappointing teams in baseball. You now also have the New York Giants. Sorry, Liam, but they lost 40 to nothing to start their season in MetLife and staying in MetLife. The New York Jets, albeit they did win against the Buffalo Bills, which was crazy, but they are without Aaron Rodgers for the entire season. What is happening in New York? All right, so you mentioned basketball, and that one's, you know, okay. It's decent in its validity. I thought the Knicks had a little bit more potential, although I was happy to see him get bounced by my Miami Heat. Um, in hockey, I mean, the Rangers had a good season. They, they ended up losing to the Devils. I don't think that's crazy. And uh, in uh, baseball... That's the real kicker, in my opinion. Football, it's an overreaction for now. Baseball is incredible. Because those two rosters, they spend so much money on them, and they can't win. Um, and then football, like you said, two horrible starts to the season. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on. Because the thing is, New York sports had such a good year last year. There was so much upside. The Mets were playing good. The Yankees were playing good. The Giants were playing good. The Jets had so much potential on that roster. What did they have? Two rookie of the years last year? Offensive and defensive. Offensive yeah. and defensive. It's I mean, I don't know the last time that happened. Has it ever happened? So much potential on that roster. And to just to just see it all go down the toilet like that with that quarterback that they paid, how much did they pay him? A lot of money. Across two years. I think forty million. I think forty. Forty million a year. Probably, yeah. It can't be forty million over two years. No, I think it's forty million total. I mean, forty million a year, which, which is, is actually not that bad of a hit, um, comparatively at least. But yeah, no, it's, and this is what I was saying right before uh, we did this podcast too. I had never seen hope ripped away from me so quickly. Talking about the Giants. And then the Jets went and immediately topped it. The Giants, we got a drive. And then all hope was lost. The Jets, they had two plays. And then it was over. But I think for the Jets, the hope is back. Because you're looking at that defense who could probably be the number one defense in the league. And you saw that everyone is there. They just are down to their backup quarterback who they've had for three years. Who's a quarterback they don't side. But they have... They have a little bit more hope today, but we're going to have to see in the future. Ben, the real question, do you see Cash Wilson winning a Super Bowl? No. There we go. Come on. Let's just be honest. It's going to be a tough stretch to imagine Zachary Wilson, the mother killer, going (laughs) in the Super Bowl. (laughs) Can I give you my theory on why New York sports are doing so poorly? They're cursed. Of course they are. Someone put a curse on them. A witch, a warlock, wizard, whatever you want to call them, put a curse on them. Now they just suck. It's the only thing that makes sense. It just all happens at once. It. What else could it be? It's just something in the New York water? The bagels aren't good anymore? That can't be it. What, what, what happened? Uh, I think the most interesting thing about it is what Liam kind of alluded to is just the quick rise and fall of it all because you end last year with both seasons so excited for the next year thinking okay next year's the year we actually go for it we didn't think you know we thought this year we could make the playoffs give it a decent run but now oh we're going for it we have a chance to win it all this year and Everyone just fell on their faces. At least, you know, football is much quicker. In baseball, it took both teams a little bit longer because the Yankees started off as the best team in baseball. They started off... The Rays. The Rays started off as the best team in baseball, but the Yankees went the longest without losing a series. And you thought, 
okay, that's fine. We might not have the best record, but we haven't lost a series yet. And then they went on the longest stretch of losing a series in baseball this season when the A's are still a team. I I think it's just everything went wrong at the right time for every team. So we're going Warlock. Yeah, I think Warlock's the right answer. All right. One for unfortunate uh, circumstances and one for Warlock. Ben, what do you got for us? You're the tiebreaker. <laughs> no, for New York sports, I really think it is... Imagine he came out and said Warlock. <laughs> if he says Wizard, I'm going to be so upset. I think. <laughs> I, I, in my opinion with New York sports, I just think it was front offices. I think that a lot of them have been not doing well in New York City. you got to think Brian Cashman put together a roster that is not doing well. They have all this money. He didn't put together the right roster. You look at the Nets. They put together a group of a super team that just didn't work. You look at all these front office decisions, and you just think, I just think that every New York front office has been cursed by a warlock. <laughs> um, I, think been just, I think that a lot of these teams have front office problems, and I just sometimes think it can get infectious, potentially. I don't know the reason why it happens to all be at once, but I think they're all front office. Wait, so you think it's infectious? You think they're just calling each other and just spreading this <laughs> this disease? Here's a terrible trade idea. I think you should go for it. No, here's the only hiccup I'm, I find in your logic is, is the Mets, honestly, because they have one of their best seasons in years last year, and they re-signed some of the core pieces of that team and say, let's just run it back. Let's see what happens. Sure, they lose Edmund Diaz in the World Baseball Classic. But other than that, it's the same team. And there really shouldn't have been that big of a drop. You got to think about the, you got to think about the Knicks, too. I mean, where did the Knicks front office go wrong? And don't get me wrong. The Knicks front office is always terrible. But I actually think this is the one time they've actually been doing well. I think Brunson was a good signing. I don't think Julius Randle was a good signing. But that was far, far in the past at this point. Um, but I think they actually reloaded their roster pretty nicely. The Giants, you know, they paid Daniel Jones, which has never been my, you know, favorite thing. But And the Jets ended up paying a 38-year-old quarterback with a fairly bad O-line. I mean, it's... I could, I could see where the, uh, the GM ownership argument is coming into play here. Here's my final question on this. Who are you pressing the panic button on the most for this year? Which team right now are you pressing the panic button? I'll are we, first are right we now. talking about New York sports or are we talking about football? New York sports. Which team are you pushing the panic button on the most? And I'll lead off, in my opinion, as much as it stinks for you, Liam, I would push a massive panic button on the Giants because of two reasons here. One, Daniel Jones. What is this guy going to do for you? I think you got him for four years. That is a long time of having a potential quarterback that doesn't take that big step. And also, I just and number two, I just feel like they have very, very, very strugglesome core here on the offensive side because you're putting a lot on Saquon, but he's it's only one year. You're not committing to them. He's barely committing to you. I feel like it's just it could all unravel on that offense, and you put a lot of money into it. Uh, so I I would have to disagree with you. I I mean, don't get me wrong. I've been pushing the panic button, but I'm slamming it on one other team just because I think the Giants. It's week one still. As much as I'm I'm ready to write them off, uh, but that's just a little bit of recency bias. Um, I think there's still time to turn around the season. I think the the roster can be as strong as it was last year. I think we reloaded a lot of different pieces, and we showed last year that it can be a good team in the right circumstances. Was last night encouraging? Or I'm sorry, not last night. Sunday night encouraging? No, it was not at all. It was extremely concerning. But I think you got to look at the Mets, no, as the most concerning New York team. Look at how much money they spent. I mean, more than any other team in baseball, right? Their owner is also the richest in baseball. And they didn't do anything. Are they in last place right now behind the Nationals? I don't believe so. I actually have the standings up on my phone as we speak. Uh, no, they are they are not in last place. Okay, but the fact that we have to question that is super sad. Um and they've spent so much money on this roster, and they have done absolutely nothing. They were out from the get-go. Um, 
And unless they have a lot of players that decide to turn it around, they have some pretty massive contracts on their hands, and they're going to be in trouble. Because unless they keep spending money and spending money and trying to dig their way out and finding the right players, they're in trouble. I'm not going with any either either of the basketball teams because the Nets just sold straight up at the deadline last year. The Knicks made the playoffs, so there's not much of a panic there. I agree. I think they're both going to be fine. The Jets are a solid quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender. That's why they signed Aaron Rodgers. It just sucks that he tore his Achilles. For me personally, it's between the Mets and the Giants. I'm going to say the Giants just because this season's almost over for baseball. It's done. The panic is going to reset. You know, new season, new signings, new trades, whatever. It was just such a terrible start for the Giants that it's... I understand it's a great Cowboys defense and a really good Cowboys team, and I know every Cowboys fan's going to say this is their year because they say it every year, but this year it looks like it could be if you look for, you know, especially that first game. It just seemed like that team did nothing all game, and I'd say the Giants. I think this the Giants have a real test to see what they're made of next week because you're facing the worst team in the league. Yeah, if we don't win this one, there's a problem. If you don't have to per se win, at least look confident. No, we have we have to. It's the Cardinals. We have to win. There's there's no talent on the roster. That's fair, but that's going to be a big game because if they pull uh, another embarrassing loss on that game, that's that's where you really you're pressing the panic button. But they're not the only team or position player that has had a rough start to the season. I gotta say, this week was really interesting in the fact of the quarterbacks that we all know and love, a lot of them played like like crap. <laughs> like we, Let's start with recently nominated as the highest paid player in the league, Joe Burrow, who with that $275 million man came out and threw 14 for 31 for 82 yards and no touchdowns and lost 24 to 3. Then you go with Josh Allen, who, like Burrow, is regarded as a top three quarterback in the league, had three interceptions to the exact same player on the Jets, really just stopped throwing to him. Then you had Kirk Cousins, who is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in my opinion, but maybe not because he had through a goal line interception late in the game to lose to a team that nobody believes in the Bucks. And Pat Mahomes looked very human against the Detroit Lions without Travis Kelsey. And I also have to add this, too. I just realized this this morning. If you look at the statistics, you, especially if you throw away the pick six, Mac Jones outdueled Jalen Hurts, which I'm not saying that's good for Mac Jones, but that's bad for Jalen Hurts, who is another potential top three quarterback. So who are you most concerned about of these three, of these, sorry, these top quarterbacks after week one? I'll tell you who I'm least concerned about. It's Patrick Mahomes. If you take away Kadarius Tony and maybe Richie James, shout out ex-Giants, he's fine. He wins that game. Because, I mean, let's be honest, they single-handedly lost that game. Um, and once he gets Travis Kelsey back, which he will, he might play next week, he'll probably play in two weeks. They'll be fine. Um, and not for nothing, but they did face a decent Lions team. It's not like it was... a. a a Cardinals team or something like that. It was a, It's a decent team, so I'm definitely not panicking over him. I want to say, see, Joe Burrow might have had one of the worst performances I saw over the weekend, but the Browns always have his number, and it's a good secondary, and there was a lot of talk between the two. I'm not concerned. I think, and also, he's been hurt a little bit. I don't think Joe Burrow is going to have any problem bouncing back. Josh Allen scared me a lot. I'm not going to lie. He just looked off. But I will say, I think he played the best defense. Out of all the out of all the teams that we're talking about right now, out of all these top quarterbacks, I think he played the best defense. I don't know who I'm most concerned about. You also got to say, if you're going to use the excuse for the Jets, I'm sorry, if you're going to use that excuse for Burrow and the Browns, I would use that excuse for Josh Allen and the Jets in a way. No, I'm not. I'm, not, I'm, I'm you're, you will tell, you'll be the first one to say, I am not off a big on Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. I think Burrow's better, but 
I think that if you're going to use that excuse on Burrow, I would use that excuse on Allen. He can, he just can't play those Jets well. I don't know why he struggles against the Jets and he balls against the Finns and Pats. I, I 100% agree with you. And it was both divisional games, both kind of in the same situations where we didn't know what the uh, the other team was going to come out and look like. So I, I do get it, and I'm not I'm not panicking on them. All these top quarterbacks that struggled, I'm not panicking on. But I think to the eye test, I think Josh Allen looked worse. Those overthrows were really concerning. It showed that he is a, a lack of... I don't know. Maybe he has too much confidence. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. Um, but he would just he just chucked it. It looked like he was just throwing the ball. And I think that was the most concerning part, that his mentality was wrong. The To kind of piggyback off of that, one of the biggest stories ending Josh Allen's season last year and going into this year was the interception. You know, he had a career high in interceptions last year. And people were saying, you know, bringing it, it's like, can he fix that this year? And to start off the season with three interceptions, game one, and a fumble doesn't help that conversation. It helps everyone who hates on Josh Allen say, he's just going to be the same guy. He's just going to throw a bunch of interceptions, maybe throw a long ball to digs every once in a while. It, I think he, I don't, I don't want to say it looked like he was trying to overcompensate for that, but he might have been, you know. I'd, Josh Allen did not look his best. I can say that much. Joe Burrow was getting beat up all game. He was. that. Well, so was Josh Allen. Yes, but Josh Allen over Joe Burrow is known for getting out of those situations and moving around, which he was. Joe Burrow stays in the pocket and gets beat up more. That's just how. That's just their play style. Okay. I mean, I don't know if you can blame him for that. I, I, I wasn't. It was more of just kind of like okay. parallel thinking, trying to figure out you know, who looked better in what retrospect. Because Josh Allen still looked good on his feet. He still ran the ball really well Monday night. It's just the Bengals line never helped Joe Burrow. And the Bills last year, it, it helped uh, Josh Allen. They had a better line. But, you know, you can't say it was, you know, uh, a much better line, but it was better. I, I just, Josh Allen did look a little bit more concerning than Burrow, but I think in the end, they're all going to be all right. So we talked about Doomsday a little bit. Can we talk about the the upside here? In my opinion, I think that the most concerning... Okay, I agree with you full-heartedly. I just had to bring it up, and Mahomes didn't play well either. But again, I agree with you. I think it was more the receivers than actually him. And I know people will always be like, well, like, you know, this, that, this. No, there's moments where you can say, it was not Pat Mahomes. It was the receiver's fault. That was one of those games. I agree on Burrow. That once again, his O-line just leads this guy into just a bitter sadness and the Browns had the right defense for it. And I also think that Kirk Cousins has the even worse situation of a horrid offensive line. But I have to agree. I think Josh Allen is the most concerning. And my opinion on this was he kind of looked like he wasn't comfortable but of course he was facing a phenomenal defense but even when he had time he didn't ever look comfortable he always was looking behind the shoulder only kind of staring down one read the entire play it never fully looked like he was in sync and the only time he was the only time I was like this guy has it was when they gained when they got the field goal to tie it to go to overtime it was the only time the entire game I was like this guy has it but he is what's funny is he's clutch like that, but he has yet to have won a game in overtime since that infamous 2021 playoff game. And I think they changed the rules for that. And he's never won on it anyway. So I think that's also fascinating. I think Josh Allen's something I would be slightly concerned about, but watching throw five touchdowns, zero picks, and 400 yards next week is probably what's going to happen. And so we've been on this whole doomsday thing too, but we got to also talk about the two quarterbacks that I think had the best battle uh, over the weekend was Tua and Herbert. That was a lot of fun to watch. Um, Tyreek Hill went off. Um, but that offense is so much fun to watch. Tyreek, Waddle, Tua slinging it around, getting the ball out of his hands. Um, and then Herbert was lighting up the field. We got to see some Herbert that 
you know, that social media Herbert that we like, that the, those throws are, you know, going to be posted everywhere. Um, yeah, that was a fun game to watch. That was a, that was a good one. I would say Tua had the best weekend, though. I would say so. I think Tua wins best quarterback of the weekend, probably, I would say. I would say so, yeah. I think Off he, the top of my head, I can't think of anybody better. I mean, either. I think he was probably the best, but I think, once again, as per usual, Tyree Kill and Justin Jefferson topping the best receivers already. I just think – I think the receivers, nothing really has changed much, but I think with the quarterbacks, I was like, whoa, that was well, that was crazy. Jamar Chase didn't do much. Well, yeah, that's also because, you know, your quarterback threw 82 total yards. True. So I'm not I'm not going crazy on that. True. But I think that I think that it's going to be very interesting to see how these quarterbacks that started out flat respond, or we're going to start seeing a little bit of decline in some of them. We'll see. We'll see. I got a new game though. It's time for a new segment, guys. This has been extremely thought of, processed, dialed up. One of the most hard efforted things I've ever done in my life. And I spent a whole five minutes doing it. Is hard efforted a... Shut up. So, this game is called How Far They Go. Cue the music. Welcome to the first ever installment of How Far They'll Go. I am your host, Ben Petrick, and my contestants are still Leo Meekum and Rob Kelly. And I bet you're wondering, why is he changing his voice for this? Shut up. But also, you're also wondering, how is this game played? It's very simple. How Far They Go is a very intelligent game for intelligent people. I will list 10 random things, teams, <laughs> items, quiet Rob, teams, items, players, and you will have to guess how far they'll go. This first installment is about NFL teams. I'm going to list 10 randomly generated teams and I'm going to ask you how far they'll go. So basically, you just have to... I think, I think everybody pretty much got it. So this is just a guessing game. I also yeah. really don't like that you said it was for intelligent people. We have Rob sitting right here. Oh, I'm sorry, Rob. With the first randomly generated team, by the way, this was just actually randomly generated, so I didn't... No way, an actual random generator? Yeah, except the last two. I didn't like the last two, so I actually picked them. But but we're going to go with the very first team. All right. <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles. Liam and Rob, how far will they go? They're being eliminated first round of the playoffs. <sighs> Conference championship. And mark that down. The Eagles, for Rob, will be eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. Is that the divisional or the wild card? Divisional. And Liam says they will lose in the NFC Championship game. For the next bit of how far they'll go, the Titans. How far will they go? They're not making the playoffs. That's such a tough question. I think they're going to narrowly miss the playoffs. So we have two miss playoffs. So the third team, the Chicago Bears. How far will they go? Miss... Yeah, no, they're not making the playoffs. They're missing. The farthest they'll go is however far Justin Fields will run. And <laughs> which wasn't very far in week one. It was not far enough. So we have both of them missing the postseason. The fourth team, the Kansas City Chiefs. How far will they go? Hold on, I have to think. Yeah, no, this one's tough. This one's this one's not easy. They're getting Kelsey back. I'm gonna say they're Super Bowl bound again. It's hard to not say it. It is hard. It's to hard to pick another team. Because every other team had problems, and we know the Chiefs can do it. What's what's around right before the playoffs or right conference before the championship. conference championship? They, no, you're you're right. I, just for something different, I'm gonna say they're gonna lose the conference championship. Okay, it's not crazy. It's just because I also see them just making it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, again. they're just that good. They're just always that good. So, Rob, you say they're gonna lose the AFC championship? Yes. Liam, they're they're going to Super Bowl. Will they win or lose? I, I really I hate to say it because this is such a boring script, but I think they're going to win. So you have the Kansas City Chiefs going back to back for the first time in the NFL. The first team I do. back back in the NFL. It's the, the I Patriots. mean it's the safe bet. All right, the fifth team, the Los Angeles Chargers. How far will they go? They're making it this year. 
I think they lose the wild card. I think they're. I don't think they're getting a buy. There's no way they get a buy. Um, I want to say they probably get eliminated in the second round. You saying divisional round? Yeah. So, Liam, you have the Chargers as a divisional round L, and Rob has them as a wild card L. By the way, I know you said first round exit, but. I'm going off of when they lose, so because I know way I'll remember that I have to also remember their first round exit. So the Eagles are a divisional L for you, Rob. By the way, anyway. Well, that that's what I said. Yeah, no, but I'm saying I'm not going to remember if they made the wild card and won and then lost in the divisional. I'm not going to remember their first round exit. And that is ten minutes I will never get back with my life. So the next team is the Las Vegas Raiders. How far will they go? It's my AFC team. Uh, I think they're missing. I think. They are the third team eliminated from playoff contention. That is weirdly specific. Yes, that I know. is so uncalled for. It, it just came to me. I don't know. Okay. That's just miss. <laughs> okay, so he's not even right. Come on, you could you can you at least write it down so we can at least check later? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. The next team. The Detroit Lions. How far will they go? They're just gonna barely miss the playoffs. It's what? gonna come down to the last two games for them. Wild card exit. Alright. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, how far will they go? It's it's between Super Bowl and Miss for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think I'm narrowly gonna go Miss. I'm calling a I'm calling a wild card loss here. No, you're not. You're right. I'm not. They're not making the playoffs. <laughs> You made me write that down just to... Yeah, I know. I just wanted to hear Ben start with the pen and paper. <laughs> All right. The next two of these are handpicked by me because I didn't like the options they had at the end. The Yankees. <laughs> the Miami Dolphins. How far will they go? The Dolphins? The, the Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> I can see them making it to the divisional round. It's just... After that is the question for me. You know what's funny? I just said Super Bowl or Miss for the Bucks, but this one really could be Super Bowl or Miss because it all depends on if Tua is actually you know, not in a coma by the end of the season. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let's go. Let's split the difference and go wild card exit. I think they're losing in the divisional round. So you have the exact same season technically for the Dolphins as last year with wild card out. You don't think they're going to do better? Well, regular season, they're probably going to be better, but do you think it's going to be the same result? Uh, probably not, but I think it's, you know, right down the middle of boomer bust season, which is, you know, that's what they do. And the final team, after losing their quarterback for the entire season and relying on Zach Wilson. Cash Wilson. The New York Jets, the final team, how far will they go? Do you want to go first? I have to think. You this is to... so tough. Okay, so I think Young Gravy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, Zach Wilson, you know, their their reputations just kind of mingle after a while. Uh, I think the New York Jets will lose the Super Bowl. I don't know what to say after that. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is so tough because they have such a good roster, but they also have Zach Wilson. Do you think a quarterback becomes available during the season? No. Salah said that he is sticking with Zach Wilson, but I wouldn't disregard at the trade deadline Matthew Stafford. I'm going to say wild card exit. And that was, I mean, I was debating on having him out of the playoffs. That will conclude the first installment of How Far They'll Go. Cue the music. All right, that's it. What do you guys think? It was a good game. It was a good game. It was a uh, good game. I have fun just it just instantly reacting to whatever he said. It was just whatever my gut thought I should say, just say. Yeah, well that would explain some of the stupid things he said. Yeah, it would. We're going to go to the UFC, which was filled with a ton of quick fights, I gotta say. It was, we went to bed early relatively for the fights. It included a first-round KO of Tyson Pedro and Justin Taffa, and then it was followed by a submission victory 
for Alexander Volkov over Tai Tuivasa. But it was the main event, because we're not going to talk about Tai Tuivasa on my upset pick. Anyway, the main event had everyone shook to their core. Israel Adesanya, who is by a lot of people... You want to try that again? Shook to their very core. Do you think we were asking you to finish your sentence? Say his name again. Israel Adesanya. Just call him Izzy. Israel. 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 Okay. Kind of like the nation? Whatever. But the main event had everyone shook to their core. Israel. (laughs) (laughs) He just said whatever. (laughs) Alright, dial in. He has a name? But But the main event had everyone shook to their core. Israel Adesanya lost via unanimous decision to Sean Strickland, who was ranked number five in the power rankings. He lost losing the middleweight belt for the second time in as many years. The future Hall of Famer stated after the fight, I lost to the better man. Is this the beginning of the end to one of the potential greatest middleweights of all time? Or is this just a bad stretch for the 34-year-old? You have more opinions on Adesanya than I do. Yeah, I don't I don't really I mean I love him as a fighter. He's so interesting. He's a lot of fun to watch. I just think he's so corny. I just I, I can't stand his fights. And I mean the same was true this this weekend. But I definitely think he lost to the better fighter on that particular night. If they fight again, there's no way that Izzy doesn't beat him. I thought there was a shot Izzy doesn't win tonight. Or I'm sorry, Saturday. But uh there's no way. In a rematch, he's beating Strickland. Just like he bought, beat Pereira. Um, Strickland, I don't know. I don't see him as a long-term champ. I think he's just... We've had a lot of upsets recently in the UFC. Guys losing their belt. A lot of greats going down. And some of them got it back. Some of them never recovered. I think Izzy will recover. I, I can't see... He's, he's still young. He's still, I think... I don't know if he's developing, but he's still, you know, adding new moves, and he, he, they call him a style bender for a reason. You can't put Izzy's tactics in a box. You just can't. I think it's probably more just a bad stretch. The biggest issue just watching the fight is that he had almost zero offense. He was not swinging. He wasn't going for takedowns. He just looked. Like, not tired, but just apathetic. So, what I also noticed, too, was the ring control time was so in favor of Strickland. He always had his back to the middle of the ring, and he was just fighting forward. And that's what Izzy does. I mean, and it's worked for him, so you can't really say much, but he is a counterpuncher. And that leads to some pretty boring fights. If you're not going at Izzy, you guys are going to dance around, and he's going to pick you apart, because... That's just what he does. We saw it against... I mean, the one that stands out to me is Joel Romero. One of the worst fights I've ever seen. He just stood there and leg kicked him all, all fight. Um, but Sean, you got to give him credit. He fought forward. And he never really got in trouble against Izzy. And Izzy looked pretty rough after the fight. Izzy looked rough from the get-go. And, but there was never a time where I thought he was going to be finished. No, no, no. I didn't think... I thought if uh, Strickland was winning the fight, it was going to be by decision. Even when he went down, I wasn't that concerned because he always looked like he was conscious and he was ready to get back to his feet. The only issue was there were certain points of the fight where if he knew he was close to the bell, he was... He still wasn't really defending himself at 100%. You know, if he knew he was getting close to the bell, he was like, all right, this round's over. He kind of threw in the towel for, say, each round a little soon. I would say the statistics are absurd in this fight. I think one thing that I noticed was just just how bad it was when you look at it on the numbers. Total strikes, it was 137 to 94, which isn't bad, but let's take a look at the headshots. 85 to 22 Strickland. You got the body shots, 45-38 even, and the leg shots, 34 to 7 out But... I know it's like, oh, Adesanya won one, Strickland won one, and it's basically tied on the body shots. But 85 to 22, that can scare you. And, and, and headshots are worth a lot more, especially when scoring. 
Oh, yeah. It's worth a lot more. Damage is worth more. Leg shots are great if you're setting up something else. But he wasn't. And Izzy just looked rattled ever since he got dropped in the first round. He couldn't corral himself. And I think it was a rough fight from the get-go. I think after that first round, I think he was scared to do his normal game plan because I think Strickland just destroyed his game plan after round one. I think it was just a long 20 minutes after that. And after this kind of fight, I think you're you were right. I mean, you got to look at the statistics here. He lost Pereira about a year, a little over a year ago. He has, or maybe a little under a year ago. And he has lost to Jan Blachowicz. He can't move divisions. The division's getting stronger. He's going to eventually have to face Kamza Jumaev, who might take over as the new middleweight guy. You don't know. And I think that this might be the beginning of the end for, for Adesanya because as much as he's phenomenal and he has all this skill set, we haven't seen it. We've seen, and you've got to also look at the Pereira fight against uh, Izzy where he won. Pereira had him on the ropes a little bit. He did. He had him on the ropes and it was, you know how we said Tai Tuibas is the number one puncher's chance guy? That was a puncher's chance win. And I know it may have been dialed, calculated, that you can give me all the ins and outs of it. That was a right, you got lucky that you had that opening because he thought he had you. And that happens a lot. That's how a lot of people lose. But that's not the right way to win, though. That doesn't make me go, yeah, you are dominant. That was a, I got my vengeance, but you kind of messed up. It wasn't something that I'm like, that's the guy. And now you now look at a narrow win, two losses. It might be the beginning of the end. He's also 34 years old, and the speed will slow down very shortly. Fighters have longer primes. 34 isn't too old in the fighting game. You could fight up to 40. But will the speed still be there in 40? That's see, what he see, relies that's I, on. That's where I was going. Izzy is not a strong fighter. I don't even know if I want to say that. He's just more of a... He's a style bender. That's exactly what he is. And if you don't have that fluid motion and that speed, I can see him going downhill. And But again, let's not, let's not count him out. You got to give him a shot at this belt first. Because I think that's going to be very telling. Of how he comes out, and if he if he can't beat Strickland, or if he beats him by a, a puncher's chance win like we saw against Pereira, then we really you know we got to start asking questions: Is is he still is he? But until we see that, I think we give him another shot. I agree. I think he gets one more fight, but if it's not there, I think it's done. But I think we're gonna move on to our final thing of. The show. I think it's going to be wrapped up. I mean, I mean, we could ask this final question here. This is a really quick one. So, USA basketball team, they lost to Germany 113-111. to 111. Disappointing, to say the least. But LeBron James has come out saying he wants to have another redeemed team. Do you think that this might be the beginning of the end for the USA being the powerhouse? Or do you think they're just going to throw a redeemed team together and just absolutely demolish the entire world? Who did we send to the Basketball World Cup? Who was on that team? Who were the notable names? Do you know? Jalen Brunson, Josh Hart, and Mikael Bridges. That and, redeemed team's cooking, dude. dude I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just give me, you know, the best of the All-Star game, and that's a twice as good team. I'm sorry. I don't think the U.S. is out. I think we just didn't send our best team there. No way. Not by a long shot. Not even close. Brunson should have been one of the weaker players on that team. He was probably the best. Maybe Anthony Edwards, but we're, we're, <laughs> we're going to cook. We're going to cook. If we, we send that whole roster, if everybody's like, this is what we're doing. We're sending we're sending everybody. You get everybody going, I ain't stressed. No way. So, we're going to go to my favorite segment of every episode, because it's very fun to do. It is our locks and upsets of the week. And if you are wondering what our current standings are this season, for locks, me and Rob are 1-1 one and one and Liam is 2-0. and oh, And we are all tied at 1-1 one and one for upsets. So, we're going to go for what are our locks and upsets of the week. We're going to go backwards. I'm going to go first this time. I'm going to guys let you know that for my lock of the week... I'm going straight into it. Thursday night football. I'm going the Eagles will defeat the Vikings. I think that that defensive line will eat alive that terrible Vikings O-line. 
and Kirk Cousins potentially might get hurt. That's how bad it is. I have the Eagles defeating the Vikings. Whoever wants to go for their walk, let me know. I'll take this one. Um, so heading over, a little bit of a change of pace. I got the Las Vegas Aces over the Chicago Sky. Kelsey Plum, Candace Parker, Asia Wilson, no way they're not cooking. Beating them by 30. I don't know if this necessarily counts, but game, uh, game one of the Milwaukee-St. Louis game, I'm, I'm mostly saying this because Adam Wainwright's going to get his 200th career win that, that game, but the St. Louis Cardinals over the Milwaukee Brewers. For my upset, I'm sticking in the NFL because I was doing my pick and that's how I was like, wow, these are my things. I know I'm very unoriginal this week, but my upset for this week, I'm going to be a little bit of a homer here. I say the Patriots defeat the Dolphins this week. I know Tua had a phenomenal game, but if there's anyone that can make you feel confident and then completely diminish it, it's Bill Belichick. I think that the Patriots' defense is set up to be somewhat successful against this Dolphins' offense. I think they have the speed now at cornerback. I think Gonzalez will be covering Waddle, and I think Jonathan Jones, who has been notably known to take Tyreek Hill out of the offense, I think that the Dolphins will have a strugglesome time offensively against the Patriots. I just hope Mac Jones can put it together to get the victory. But I think the Patriots defeat the Dolphins. So I'm going to really stun you with this one um, because we were just talking about Justin Fields. The Bears are dogs playing the Buccaneers. Plus 120. Anybody playing the Buccaneers, I'm taking. Especially if they're underdogs. So I'm taking the, the Bears against the Buccaneers this week. Let's just, you know, pray on Justin Fields. It's a win-win for you. Because if you don't get your upset, you get to watch Justin Fields fail again. But if he wins, you're just finding a way that this game makes you happy regardless. It's a perfect system for me. It's the perfect system. I was just surprised to see that this team was the uh, dog here. And much like Ben, I'm going to be a homer here. I was actually, I know exactly what you're going to say. I was going to take them, but I knew you were going to take them. Yeah, as soon as I saw that they were the underdog, the Baltimore Ravens are beating the Cincinnati Bengals. It's going to happen. I don't I don't know why the Ravens are the dogs here, but this is what it is. No I'll, I'll, I'll take it. That they are put as the underdogs? Or yeah, I mean, like, it's just the whole thing. You just think it's a guarantee? Yeah, I think our defense is just that much better. All right, we'll see who's going to... Will Liam go 3-0 with his locks? Who's going to get... Are we going to go above 500 or below 500 with all the other one-on-ones? And I would also love to thank all of you guys for listening. You can follow us on our socials at Dear Hollow Heroes. You can also email us through dearhollowheroes at gmail.com. Message us and let us know what you think of the topics we discussed or give us a take of your own. Listen to us on most platforms where you get your podcasts. And I want to thank Liam and Rob. And I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Oh,